Welcome back to the Mail Room, where we interview aspiring entertainment industry professionals. I'm Steven. And I'm Tyler. Today we have Paul Terzian on. He is an assistant production coordinator on a bunch of different television shows. Right now, he's actually working on a show called Little America. Yes, he is. We got Kumail Nanjiani on that show, Emily V. Gordon, Lee Eisenberg, a writer for The Office. It's on Apple TV. Maybe check it out. Well, I met Paul um, actually on American Horror Story when I first moved out here when I was set peeing, he was the line producer assistant. He was Chip's assistant. Yeah, and now and then you were Chip's assistant on uh, Hulu's Pam and Tommy, which yep. is coming out soon. Plugging it February 2nd. Whoa, check out Pam and Tommy on Hulu. Well, anyway, it was cool to hear from Paul. He's working in the production office. And Steven, you don't know too much about the production side of things, so how is it to have a guest come on and tell you about the monotonous you know, boring life of being an office assistant. <laughs> oh, boy. No, it's a good interview. I, I would say it's really enlightening. Uh, some of the, He talked about some of my favorite people. You know, he was just on a Charlie Day movie uh, called El Tonto that should be coming out soon. Uh, he worked on Mythic Quest with you, with Rob McElhenney, and he worked on uh, the, 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 Ryan's, Nickelodeon, the show. Nickelodeon show about Ryan's, Ryan's toys. toys. All right, well, uh, I, I think it was just cool uh, seeing somebody who you've known since the beginning of your time yeah. out in L.A., and um, it was great to hear another perspective of the industry. Definitely. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, here's Paul. So let's give the context. Thank How you. do Thank we you know each other, Paul? Okay, we know each other because we met on American Horror Story Season 9 when you were a set PA and I was Chip's assistant for the first time. Yep. And who was Chip? What was his role? In the- Chip was the line producer on the show and he is very prominent in the industry and has worked on so many famous crazy shows and he actually produced the first two seasons of American Horror Story, which in my opinion and many other people's opinions are the best two seasons of the show Mm -hmm. so i thought that was freaking cool especially growing up watching that show and eventually working on it under the guy who produced it like that was just so insane to me i can't believe yeah that was a thing and you grew up in la right i did yeah i was born and raised la native la born and raised a valley boy And (laughs) and you were a fan of american horror story Yep. Is, are there anything else I should know about you, or is that... Uh, oh, there's probably a lot of things you should know about me. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll get to it. We'll, we'll get, get to it. it. <laughs> That's fun. I want to hear about what you've been up to. Oh, man. What, what have you most recently worked on? Most recently, I worked on reshoots for this movie called El Tonto. It's a Charlie Day feature. Had a whole bunch of prominent cast members like Ken Jeong, um, obviously Charlie Day... Nice. So they, yeah. I've I heard of this movie I think a few years ago on right. Charlie Day was talking about it on a podcast and it's a silent movie like or he plays a Charlie Chaplin type yeah. character right yep, yep that's it <laughs> okay it's it's that's crazy the movie. <laughs> yep. that's the movie it, <laughs> wow. they started it in like 2018 and finished it and then three years later they had to reshoot a bunch of stuff so we've oh been God. doing that for like a month. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And so you were in the production office. I was in the production office. I was assistant coordinating that. It was very hectic, very fast paced because it was such a short project. Everything was very go, go, go. Very, um, what's the word? 
yeah, just very hectic, chaotic. Yeah. There was no time to breathe. It was not like a normal production that I've worked on because the things that we did and the process that we did paperwork with and everything, it was kind of like half-assed in a way. Laissez-faire. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was very laissez-faire, not very professional because of the time constraints. Mm. So it was kind of just like, let's get it done. It kind of felt like a non-union, like commercial type cool. vibe where everybody's like, go, let's go. We just got to get it done. And is it comedy? Yeah. Okay. That's, I think that's really interesting, just your perspective on it. It seems like you've worked on a lot of different shows and movies to be able to be like, this one is more hectic than the rest. Or So what are some other shows and movies that you've worked on? What have your positions been? <laughs> well, um, the first show that I did as an assistant coordinator was for a Nickelodeon show for kids called Ryan's Mystery Playdate. And Ryan is basically this YouTube kid who got famous doing unboxing videos and mm-hmm. ended up having his own like YouTube channel oh, and show. His Ryan's toys or something. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. He has a whole mm-hmm. like toy collection. There's toys at Target. It's everywhere. It's very crazy how much this yeah, family yeah. Ryan has grown. On the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Ryan and his family, his parents are just on the show and they just do that in the summertime and it was a very fun show. It was uh, one set outdoors. Um, when was, was this? For a few months. This what? was in the summertime. It was from like May through August, Summer, I want to say. Summer 2021. Yep, 2021. Nice. All right. Yeah, it was great. I learned so much on that show because it was my first job, obviously, as an assistant coordinator. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was yeah. a lot of new things that I didn't know and just learned on the on the way like as things came up and luckily I had a really great coordinator who taught me and helped me and was patient with me. Uh-huh. Yeah. Shout so, out Felix. <laughs> so you you finished up on Mythic Quest, right? You were Chip's assistant, you were the line yep. producer's assistant and you Wait, made... so filling the gaps here, you guys were on American Horror Story together. Yeah. And then you went right from there to Mythic Quest. Yes. Yep. Well, yep. Tyler, you stayed, uh, or you were... I was in the production, production office. office. You were production assistant on American Horror Story, production office on Mythic Quest. Yep. yep. And Paul, you were Chip's assistant this whole time. Yes. Okay. Yep, yep. Now I'm caught up to Sorry, start. yeah, we need. We had to catch you up there. <laughs> yeah, we need the background. I keep, I keep forgetting we're on the podcast. <laughs> There's I a know. microphone. Okay, wait. So let's backtrack. So after I became Chip's assistant, mm-hmm. um, the next job I did was production secretary. I did that for one season on another Ryan Murphy show, 911 Lone Star. And then after that, I became an APOC. So APOC assistant assistant production, production office, coordinator. office coordinator. Yeah, What's but that? now we're what now we're trying to call it APC because of that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, that's always what I thought. Assistant was. production coordinator. Yeah, we don't need the office. No, that the reason that the office was in there is because back in the day the coordinators only coordinated pretty much the office, but nowadays we're coordinating the entire show. So mm. there's a lot more responsibility and things that we do. And a lot of what we do is paperwork, and we kind of handle the legalities and all the pre-prep and everything before the camera stuff happens. So we handle all like the vendors, the equipment ordering, scheduling, um, all sorts of stuff. Honestly, little by little. So we played a little game. I think I think for to get some more context into what the job entails, we can mm-hmm. do that game again where we say okay. We want to have, 
we want to build this massive mansion on stage. Like, mm-hmm. what are the things right. in the production office that is your guy's job to get that to, to happen? That is a great question. You can, you can take it in stride. You don't have to, obviously, say everything. So is it, yeah. this is what you would do. This is something you would do. If they say we want to, mm-hmm. what, what was your question? We're going to build a mansion on set. And then you gotta you gotta figure that out, or your bosses to figure it out. So basically, there's a whole chain of command. Basically, the art department would design that so-called mansion, and then um, they would handle their own billing and uh, ordering of equipment and um, materials and things. And then we would handle the receipts and paperwork and. If they need insurance for certain vendors, we would set that up for them. We would give them. Um, so you're a logistics. You're a logistics guy. That's basically it. Yeah, we handle the logistics of everything. So whatever each department needs, they come to us, and we kind of help facilitate that in a way. So, uh, so it varies. Somebody, so somebody basically yeah. says, like, let's say Tyler's like, "We're uh, hey, I want to build a mansion on the set," mm-hmm. and you go, "Okay." And then you go, now I got to do all the boring stuff. Yeah, but when it comes to stuff like that, we don't (laughs) really handle that part of it. We kind of just handle whatever they give us. Like you said, like the vendors. So the art department needs to order X amount of wood, and then you need to coordinate with them. Like You Mm -hmm. can spend this much amount of money by talking to the line producer to see how much money Mm -hmm. it costs to do, and then facilitating when the delivery can come and all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, kind of. It's like, it's... It's very hard to describe, honestly. Like I'm still learning mm. as well. When did so? When did you make the switch? I made this switch in 2021 summer. That was oh, so it's very new. Yeah, yeah, it's very new. I I still have so much to learn and so much that I don't know yet. But from what I've seen, like it's basically organizing and just making sure everything gets handled the proper way before. Um, it goes to set. Right. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. That's very uh, cool, I think. Yeah. Uh, that's a, uh, why, do, why did you draw more towards this side of, like, like you've been on film sets, and why mm-hmm. was it this side of it that you, like, felt more attachment to? Honestly, I think paperwork and organization is cathartic for me, so I mm. just love being able to manage that and keep track of everything and be in control of what happens. So, like, let's say growing up in, in high school and school and so were you a math guy or were you more of, like, an artsy guy or an English guy? I was, like, a little mix of everything. I okay. kind of played off people and played off their personalities, and I kind of tried to get myself into different aspects of everything. Like, I was really good at math. I was actually a couple years ahead in my grade. Mm. Um, I was good at English. I, I'm pretty artistic. I do painting and... You are pretty a painter. Wow. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're done, a jack of all trades. Yeah. Sounds like. A little bit. Like, I try to get involved in everything that makes me curious. You do acting? No. I tried acting once when I was a kid. I did background work a couple times. <laughs> I was an extra on Shake It that's, Up. Uh, just being in LA, I guess that's something you can do. Like, yeah, my my parents also both work in the industry, so oh. that's kind of um, another backstory. What do your parents do? They are production accountants. So, okay. Yeah, so my whole family pretty much does paperwork. They crunch the numbers. <laughs> it's a paperwork family. Wow. Yeah. So I want to talk about, so 
From everything you learned being Chip's assistant, being a line producer's assistant, and everything that you thought about the production office, what was something that you learned being a secretary for the first time that you didn't think the job entailed? Or like, what, what was that experience like? Because I feel like when I was talking to you on Mythic Quest, you knew a whole lot about the production office, even mm-hmm. on American Horror Story. Like when I was a set PA coming into the to the PO, mm-hmm. you would have all the answers to everything. So <laughs> that seems like it's amplified at the secretary level. And like, how was that transition? Yeah. Well, the secretary transition honestly was pretty similar to office PA work, except I had a little bit more responsibility. Like I had to compile the crew list and the vendor list and. Those are basically, like, the crew list is all the contact info for every single person that works on the show. And the vendor list is a compiled list of all the vendors that we use throughout the production. And you have to basically gather that info from every department and reach out to them and find out what vendors they used. Mm -hmm. And besides that, like, I was given more responsibility as well um, because I wanted to learn and my coordinator helped me understand like production reports and exhibit G's and like all these um, all these important documents that are needed for the studio and for the production so getting to know and learn those things little by little was very helpful in helping me grow my knowledge and um, move up so aside from having this like cathartic experience with paperwork Mm -hmm. and all this administrative work you have a passion for film and TV. You talk about it all the time. And so coming in here and, and being in the production office where you really have your hands on every aspect of the production, you know what's going on. Yeah. What has been some of the like cool aspects of being behind the scenes? Because this is an unheard voice, right? Like nobody, nobody hears about the, the production office people. I don't, I've never heard anything. I don't know right. one. I, <laughs> so please share your knowledge. Oh man, I don't know. It's like kind of boring. The production office, <laughs> the production office just stays in the production office. Yeah. So, so I like, yes, it's cathartic, I guess, to do all this paperwork then, but why you can do paperwork at, uh, I don't know, for a deli. Or for a Minolta. You can do, you're right. You can do more paperwork <laughs> anywhere. Why yeah. Why this industry? What's keeping you here? I think it's just really fun to see how everything gets made, like, from beginning to end. Like, you see all the work that goes into it. Like, the producers create production schedules where they literally, in detail, day by day, come up with, like, what they're shooting and how they're going to shoot it and what scenes, what locations. It's just so logistical and so technical and so interesting especially when reading the script and seeing what's written on the paper come to life and the whole process from that to conception on screen i just think it's so interesting and i guess being in the office you get to experience a lot of that because you kind of hear what they talk about you hear them go over budgets you talk you hear them talk about like what they want to spend money on what they don't how to save money um Sometimes we go to set and help the PAs usually go on runs and help see things and deliver things and just do what people need. And it's just really cool. Like you get to see that whole story from beginning to end come to life. And that's part of the fun. And while doing this paperwork, you see like what they're spending money on, what they're doing, what kind of contracts are being made. Mm -hmm. 
you see like what actors and cast members are being hired and it's just really cool like just seeing all that stuff that you don't normally get to see like how much people make <laughs> so for somebody who wanted to become a line producer one day let's say right mm-hmm. is that you did you want to become a line producer one day? i'm thinking about it okay. it's definitely on track for me mm-hmm. i'm not 100 percent sure what i want to do ultimately but it's definitely a possibility you got time yeah. What? How old are you now? 24. I'm 24. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How, you're 24. Yeah. We're all 24. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, your birthday's coming up, yeah. Tyler. Yeah. You're turning yes, 25. I'm turning 25 soon. Tyler's almost a good there. memory. Yeah. So, Wait, so, you have the same birthday as Justin Bieber. Yes, I do. Why <laughs> first? Yes, I do. That's why I remember it. Yeah, yeah. yeah Justin Bieber on the pod. Well, I think he's listening, so Justin... <laughs> Shout out. Shout out to Justin. Come on the podcast. <laughs> Tyler stole your birthday. <laughs> um, so for somebody who wants to, let's say it's you, mm-hmm. an aspiring line producer, right? Do you think it is essential to work these jobs in the production office and understand, you know, the nitty gritty nuts and bolts of, you know, a production and paperwork and all the organization? Do you think that's necessary to taking the step to become... A production manager um yes and no because yes because you see like what you need to know in terms of budgets and all that stuff but no because there are so many different ways to get to that role like um chip for example my boss he has never worked in the production office he was always on set he did locations he became an ad and then from being an ad he became a upm and line producer and a upm is a unit production manager mm-hmm. so um And I guess, like, working in those different departments, no matter what you do in the industry, like, you do see what goes on and you learn regardless. And every little bit helps benefit you in um, advancing towards that goal. So, Um, I I have a question, too. uh, Just about, actually, going off of that, I have another Mm -hmm. question. Let's say I want to be a director or I want to be a writer. Do you think that just having a gig in a production office at any point Mm -hmm. in your life is valuable just to see that other side of things? Oh, absolutely. I think having that um, ability to work on a production, just the networking opportunities and the way you get to meet so many people and interact with so many people that you normally wouldn't get to on a daily basis. Like, you know, on Mythic Quest, like we saw Rob McElhaney all the time and we're talking to him mm-hmm. and all these famous people. And if you really get to know them and talk to them and they like you and they want to help you out, like there's so many ways to do that and become a director and stuff. Mm-hmm. Every gig could be a important gig. I guess it depends yeah. on how you make it. You never know. Like yeah. when I started as a PA, like I never knew that I would even be able to assistant coordinator like at this point and I'm so new at it like well you're pretty ambitious with it right because for most people like the the route up the ladder in the production office is Mm -hmm. office production assistant then secretary Mm -hmm. then assistant coordinator then coordinator so Mm -hmm. so have you been a secretary already I have okay only only for one season though which is why it's so crazy because sometimes what what were you the the secretary on um nine one one Lone Star okay yeah, I'm caught up. It, it's hard for me because I don't know production office lingo. Yeah. But I guess that's like the route. Mm-hmm. Okay, that, that explains gave you the ladder there. Thank you. That it uh, helps. So what's after assistant production coordinator? Then you become a coordinator 
full-time, mm-hmm. which is way more The hardest job ever. <laughs> what I do, which is also partially why I can't give normal answers, because <laughs> they do a lot of the work, and they kind of just, like, pass down things for me to do to so help you, them out. So your job is assistant production coordinator to mm-hmm. support the production coordinator. Exactly, yeah. We work together. The coordinator pretty much does everything, and I just help her with whatever they need, like... On this show, I'm going to pretty much focus on production reports and exhibit Gs, which are basically keeping track of um, people's hours and times and making sure they match with whatever they put on their timesheets. So I'm sure it's... uh, It's going to be a lot of it. mm. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure it's a uh, still, like, you you know, you've only been an assistant production coordinator for so long, but have you tried making self-starting moves, I guess, to, like, not only do what the production coordinator tells you to do, but to... Mm -hmm act uh i guess what proactively is is the good word um like in terms of the job yes oh yeah absolutely i i'm very ambitious when it comes to that because i want to advance and i want to go and i kind of have an addictive personality so Mm -hmm. once i'm into something i want to go all the way so like whenever i get the hang of something get a hold of something i always try to ask and be like hey what can i do what can i help you with what can you teach me that i don't already know so that also helps mm. because it shows that you're interested and you want to learn and you want to grow. And yeah, me personally, I just love that. And I love looking forward to new things. Seems like you've taken a lot of strides in a short period of time. Yeah, it's crazy. And especially like during the pandemic, I, I, we all obviously were in such a weird place where we weren't working. We were just at home. Mm-hmm. Like that was a scary time for me because I was like, what am I doing? My career is like just getting started and everything's coming to a halt. So I hated scary. it. In terms of it, it was. We, yeah, no, really was. Nobody yeah. knew like how they nobody were going to be financially supporting themselves. And uh, the world was a shit show. Well, in terms of, you know, seeking out a, a next gig. Mm-hmm. What what is most important to you? Is it the content of the show, right? You have some experience working on hour long dramas. Mm-hmm. How important is it to you mm-hmm. to be working on a show that you are really interested in? That's what I wanted to I wanted to ask that too because Ooh. I was I was uh, curious about going from that Ryan's Toy Box show to this El Tonto movie, American Art. Like it seems yeah. like you're kind of all over the place a little. So what goes into picking that? Next Honestly, um, I don't really look for what show it is specifically um because you never know like you're obviously not gonna get what you want all the time in life and it's just about for me right now it's about like getting the experience and getting the hang of it so i'm just applying to whatever i see come up that i think i can do and hope for the best yeah well it does seem like at least you're working on things that are like professionally backed like they're not are they, are you working mm-hmm. on any things are very independent like short films or hey, I guess what he's trying to say is non-union yes non-union yes. that's that's the word no so when I became an assistant coordinator I had to join the union oh so I'm a union assistant coordinator now and because of that I can't really do non-union shows because they don't want us to so everything that I do is professionally backed by like a studio or so there's that security that blanket underneath yeah a little bit which makes which helps because um it benefits you and um i'm grateful to be a part of it because you know like there's a lot of benefits to it and of course you know so many people and that's like how you get plugged Mm -hmm. for these new jobs but oh yeah exactly 
Will your union help you find a job? Oh, yes. I've actually, there's an availability list on the union website where you can upload your resume and um, basically say that you're available to work. And I've done that before and a couple people have reached out to me from there. So it's super beneficial. But I become proactive when I look for work. Like I'm part of these Google groups for coordinators and stuff and people post jobs all the time Mm -hmm. on that. And I've gotten a lot of jobs that way because I just reach out to them and be like, hey, I'm interested, I saw your post, here's my resume, let me know if you're, um, if you want to talk or whatever. And it's really cool that there are resources like this to help us. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, um, so I'm, I'm wondering here, like, mm-hmm. I, like we, I guess we've been going over this production coordinator, assistant production coordinator job for a little bit, and it does seem like it's a little boring, but I imagine yeah. that it's not. So I gotta know, what are some fires that you've had to put out? Maybe on El Tonto. Like you were saying, El Tonto is such a hectic mm-hmm. production. Why was it so hectic? What, what was happening that you were running around the whole time? Oh man. Um, let's start with the set. There was very specific sets that they needed to rebuild to mm-hmm. make it look like the original movie. Mm. And there are so many little things that needed to go into that, like set dressing and props and set decoration and a lot of this stuff was already in storage from the previous time that they shot this movie and it was just a constant like oh we need this right now we need this and then as coordinators like we need to like help facilitate that and um like have our PAs help run around and like look for that stuff and go to storage units and whatever so that's an example of like the art department they only had one PA and obviously she couldn't do everything so uh we kind of helped pick up the slack that way and there was this one scene where they needed an urn that was like a hero prop from the original movie and they couldn't find it anywhere so mm. that was crazy and they needed it within like two hours a hero prop what, did, what does that mean a hero prop is a prop that is um necessary for this show like like it needs to be seen like you like if you recognize it and for example, a different one goes on screen. Like you're gonna notice the difference. What's it? What's another? What's an example of a hero prop of something like I would know a hundred percent. Do we know? Yes, Thor's what? hammer. Thor's hammer. Yes, if yeah. it was Thor's diff- hammer. If it was different. So if he pulled out a drumstick or like a chicken leg, I'd be like, hey, what's going on here? You wouldn't necessarily believe that that was Thor. So what happens? I can't find this urn. This is kind of a big deal. So <laughs> sound the alarm. It's crazy. So we were like calling cemeteries and funeral homes and um, obviously we couldn't order one from Amazon because it would take like days Mm -hmm. or a day. So it was just that was like an example of a very chaotic, hectic thing. And usually when we like order things like that, we use POs, which are purchase orders. And it's like a professional way to order things and basically um, promise the vendor that we're going to pay them and cut them a check. But this show was so crazy that like everything that needed to happen was so fast paced that we were just using credit cards all the time and that's usually not how it's done. So it's wild. That's wild. Yeah. So what would you say like for the production office, what would you say is something that makes one show or movie harder than another? Is it these quick turnarounds or is it like the influx of orders like what is it that makes one thing i think it's a little bit of 
that, a little bit of the people you work with, the management style, um, schedules, it, it all depends on the project and the people on it and like how upscale it is or how low scale it is. Mm-hmm. But I would say like the management and the people in charge, like that definitely dictates how the production office runs and like how the show becomes. Like you would, how like for example, like Matt, Michael and Chip, like they pretty much were the reason that the production office ran the way it did. And like they had a specific way they wanted to do things. They had a specific order uh, that they liked. They mm. had specific things that they just specific ways that they like doing things. So as you keep doing different shows and uh, under different production managers, are mm-hmm. you developing your order or way of things that you'll eventually want to run a show? A little bit, yeah, actually, because you see how different people work and you take away what you like. Oh, like, I like the way you did that, or I don't like the way you did this. I would do this differently. So, so let's, uh, let's hear some specifics. Let's say, mm. let's say I come to you and I say, I'm making a show about a dog and a, an owner and the dog goes missing and the owner has to find the dog. Okay. And uh, this is, and you're like, great, this is going to be the greatest show ever in the world. Everyone's going to want it. Um, so, here we are. We're making the show. How are you going to go about the way that you... And you're the production manager on the show. Okay. What are some of the things that you're going to tell your team to run as smooth as possible to make my show the best that it possibly can? Definitely communication is number one because when people don't constantly communicate things fall through the cracks Mm. and Mistakes get made and it just takes more time to fix those mistakes rather than catching them early on And you've been on productions that don't have good communication. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, like on American Horror Story for example (laughs) everything was so fast-paced and we were so behind that like people wouldn't get approvals for things that they normally would need approvals on they would just do it on their own accord and that would end up like screwing the producers over because they're like oh shit like you spent way too much money on this you were not allowed to do that you were only allowed to spend this much money on it have you ever uh, it's like kind of making me think like more back and i want to focus on american horror story now (laughs) so uh, have there been times like that communication has just gone maybe on American Horror Story or even another set that the communication has gone so poorly that something like chaotic has happened um yeah well <laughs> let's talk about the transition from our mm. old line producer yeah. to Chip that's because how we're, that's how we're all where we are now really yeah, yeah. Oh, there's an origin yeah. story of yeah. chaos yeah. oh, I oh love my this. god that was the craziest thing I've ever experienced in my life basically we had a different line producer on that show before Chip, and on season nine of American Horror on Story, season nine of American yeah. Horror Story, the same season. She was never on set. She basically wasn't doing her job, and she got fired and replaced by Chip. And because of all that, she cost the show a bunch of money, and so many mistakes were made, and so many things were like messed up, and. Chip and Matt and Michael, the producers and managers had to come in and replace her and basically fix what she messed up on top of creating the following few episodes. 
And that show was so behind because of that, that we ended up cutting an episode. It was supposed to be 10 episodes, but it was only nine. So yeah. where I fit into all this is the you were in the production office from the get-go, right? You I were there was. in I, prep yep, before yep. they started shooting. Yep, I was an office PA on that before Chip came in. And, and then, then he stole me. Chip comes assistant. in at what episode? Was it five? I think it was like four. Four? Yeah, because we were also cross-boarding, which means we're shooting multiple episodes at once. Mm. So it was so like then Chip four. comes in. The I think we started the same day. I think Chip started the Monday that I started working on set. He took over the production. Yes. That day. Yeah, and, and Tiffany was there. And at that Tiffany, point. Tiffany was there at that point as Chip's assistant, who eventually mm-hmm. moved on to become an assistant in HBO. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! And um, we were. Sh- I think we were shooting at like a mansion in Encino or something like that. Yeah. Like my first, or it was like at Hollywood Motel or something like that. Yeah, something and like that. So that was my first day, and I, I mean, that was my first real day on any kind of set in Hollywood. So I had like no idea what to expect, and I, that chaos became what I thought was normal. Yeah. In a production, I just thought <laughs> I just thought do. I literally like, I had nothing to base my my right. thing off of. So I was just like, I guess it's this crazy all the time on every show, and. Obviously, after like getting off of that show and then starting to day play on a couple other things, like I've realized that that is not the norm. Yeah, and it all starts, you know, in the production office and in prep, right? It does. Yeah. How important is prep? Prep is super important. I mean, that. I mean, hold on. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just want to interrupt for a no, second because that's just crazy to me. How like something at a production office can affect not like can it have so much of a ripple effect onto the, even the story of the show that they cut a whole oh, episode. 100%. Oh yeah. Like if you don't do your job correctly, it really affects mm-hmm. what's happening on screen. Yeah, and you know, a lot of that stems down from the writers because they weren't completing scripts on time. Like we would literally get script revisions of scenes that we were shooting that day. And the last episode, they literally didn't have a complete script until like the weekend before we were supposed to start oh shooting. Goodness. So that makes it difficult to prep That's hard for every departments. Cause yeah. it, it was really yeah. hard for the actors and, and they would have to like constantly verse mm-hmm. like on set and we'd have to have the script court or the scripty, you know, mm-hmm. like having to read lines out and Yeah, it's really. chaotic and that's why prep is so important, not only in the production office but also on set. But because the scripts were getting so late, the production office couldn't like distro the scripts on time and like even if we did, it was just so quick of a turnaround that like nobody had time to like like read through them and see what they needed for art purposes, for set purposes, um, actor purposes, obviously, like reading those lines and all those changes after memorizing the previous ones. Mm-hmm. It was just very so crazy. Oh my, I can imagine. And that also partially made the show suffer because everyone was rushing to like finish the script. And so, is that the most chaotic show that you've worked on? Oh yes, really? by far. By far. Uh, wow, out of everything. Yeah, it's so, and it everything was crazy. else has been pretty like smooth sailing for the most part. I mean, every production is chaotic in its own way, but this one was just something I've never experienced before. Wow. Yeah, 
And that was your first gig time. <laughs> first gig before, yeah. I, before I even had an apartment. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, and that's how it happens. You yeah. jump right in the fire. You jump right in. So, yeah. so what's, first. what's uh, also, I think I cut you off while you were saying something. What were you saying before? Oh, yeah, I was just saying how prep is important in terms of that. Mm-hmm. Like, if we don't know what we're doing, like, it doesn't give any departments time to get their own stuff set up. Like, art department, I think, is the most important uh, to prep because they need more time to, like, create and build and design all these things. And if there's not sufficient prep time and scripts are not out and they're constantly getting revised, like, that affects a lot, especially Mm. when there are orders being placed and uh, things that need to be replaced or made. Like, it's... It's just really difficult all around for everybody. Everyone's pretty dependent, it seems like, on a bunch of other people's jobs. So if yeah, one person kind of falls out of place, it really affects... It's a domino effect. Yeah. Wow. Totally. And the production office is really in the center of it all because they're the ones they're the communicating. Hub. They're yeah. the ADs of the of the department world. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, of. we take all the information that we need, like if there are meetings that need to be set up, we also help facilitate the setup of those and communicate anything to all the other departments that need um, to know the info. Yeah. So, Paul... It's it, like a lot of little things. From what it seems like on every project I've ever worked on, mm-hmm. it always seems like people are complaining about other departments or the production office like it it always seems like everyone's like you need to be doing more have you ever been on a show that is not like that that things just are smooth sailing and just like everyone kind of has their feet up no yeah ever that's like a dream world <laughs> i wish i wish it was like that yeah <laughs> that's funny yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. I, so I, I, I have questions. Uh, El Tonto. I keep coming back to it because I'm such a Charlie Day fan. I love Always Sunny in Philadelphia. So tell me something about Charlie Day. I need to know anything. <laughs> okay. He's, he's listening. not his character at all. Like, he's an introvert. He's very quiet. Like you, He does not give off that energy that he gives on screen. Mm, really? And he's very shy. I've heard uh, Ryan from Ryan's Toy Box is also not his character on screen. I heard he's like playing a facade. And all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Ryan's an eight-year-old kid, so he, he kind of <laughs> messes about. <laughs> um, well, that's really interesting about Charlie. Like, he, from what he seems, he seems like just a very smart person. Yeah. He's 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 a really cool guy. Like he's very humble. He knows what he likes. He's very into his craft. Um, he wrote or directed or both. I think he wrote and directed. Wow. Yeah. Did he really? This take... was his first directorial. Did you debut. interface with him a lot while you were on set? I've seen him a few times, but I didn't directly him. talk like, to him. Like he was like, ah, there he is over yeah. there. Yeah. I mean, like I've been on Zoom meetings with him, mm-hmm. and he's just like all shy talking about the script and what we're shooting and. Um, so he's really cool. As a production manager, who are you interfacing with on a day-to-day basis? Who's the coolest person you've interfaced with on ever? Emma uh, Roberts. <laughs> so she's going a, back to American Horror so you, Story. So you would interface with actors from yeah, time. sometimes especially like, her though. I yeah, like, she's like when it comes to contracts and stuff, we have to like draw up de- depending on the studio and their rules or whatever. Like we pretty much create their contracts and have them sign it so Mm -hmm. sometimes like i'll go on set and do that myself or like we'll have pas run down if i'm too busy doing something else but um it was cool getting to talk to emma roberts she liked my jeans she complimented my clothes a lot Mm. 
Yeah. To go Emma Roberts. <laughs> Shout out Emma. She's fun. <laughs> uh, what about Rob Malcolm? It seemed like you interfaced with him uh, yeah. a good amount, too. Rob's really cool. Rob is great. He's funny. He's sweet. He's... A workhorse. He's a workhorse. He yeah. really cares about his job, and he cares about his crew. It's like a family to him. That's really Like, nice. during COVID, he literally gave the entire crew 100 bucks for testing negative. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, that was kind of a jinx, though, because then I we know. ended up having a bunch of COVID cases immediately, the next week. Immediately after that. <laughs> so let's talk about oh. that, actually, because yeah. that kind of messes with the order of production and chaos because when COVID you're saying COVID yeah in terms of COVID especially it makes it so difficult because we have to get tested a few days before and constant testing and if someone tests positive it messes up the whole thing because then we have to contact trace and see who this person was in touch with and then replace that like we had to replace the entire camera department I think at one point for a couple days so that makes it difficult for the producers to like scramble and hire new people and come up with new deal memos and all that paperwork and everything on top of getting the show done Mm -hmm. so just little things like that creates such chaos in the production office and the um atmosphere of the show chaos is rooted in the production office it seems like it really is no escaping it it really is but we have to always be like two steps ahead we have to interpret like what's going to happen we have to look ahead um on the schedules and see like and, and and anticipate like what we might need in terms of like equipment like during production meetings um, the they go through the whole script and um, they talk about like what kind of equipment they'll need like what kind of cranes cameras like all that sorts of stuff and as coordinators we have to pay attention to that and know like when to order that equipment for those specific dates because there's lead time on stuff right so yes. if they say we need a crane for this episode we're shooting mm-hmm. on Thursday and it takes two days for you to get a crane you have to coordinate mm-hmm. with who Oh, yeah, you coordinate with the vendors and the producer, and mm-hmm. you basically, um, the first thing I would do is get a quote to see how much it costs for whatever days, that period that we need it, and then that would need to get approved by the line producer, and then once that's approved, then we'd place the order, and then depending on like how big the equipment is, like they would have their own drivers that need to deliver things, and when stuff like that happens, especially during COVID time, we also have to get those drivers tested, and... Um. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. A lot, a lot of, that of work. Kind of stuff. What's uh? What's your favorite show that you've worked on? Um, I think Ryan's Mystery Playdate was pretty fun because I loved my coworkers. I loved my uh crew. I everybody on there was just so fun, and it was a kid show. Everybody was just having fun the whole time. It was kind really? of like summer camp. I heard Ryan is an asshole though. He <laughs> yells at everybody. <laughs> Oh man, Ryan's funny. He's in his own world. <laughs> Is it, did you? Would you put? Would you like talk to him every once in a while? Be Not like, really. No, he, he, I, yeah. yeah, I heard he doesn't. He's like they he really you slandering an eight year old. This kid's career is gonna be over because of the mail. <laughs> <laughs> wow, he's gonna get canceled. Paul is neither confirming <laughs> nor denying <laughs> the facts that we have stated. I'm staying quiet. <laughs> so, so it really does matter about the the people there for you. Oh yeah, because the people you work with are who make your day. Because you're with these people like 14 hours. Yeah, a day. let's talk about the hours. Give oh, give some God. context. Let's. I listen. Let's just say I've been off for the past month, and I'm not ready to go back to work for 12 to 14 hours a day. It's 
insane. Even with all no, these rules you. and things that are happening with the union and the strikes, and obviously you guys have heard about that. Um, they're trying to make wages higher for us and to shorten our work hours because it's just insane to work 12 to 14 hours a day and go home and sleep and not have time to do anything in your personal life before waking up and starting again. So you basically have a work family that you see more than your own family. So that's part of why I think it's so important to also just be um, with people that you want to work with and mm-hmm. you enjoy seeing every day right. and interacting with. You talked about personal life for a second. What do you try to do to get that uh, that personal life in? Like, does it feel like how do you, how do you manage it? I guess is my um, question. I try to start off. I st- I try to have a consistent routine. Mm-hmm. That's my thing, especially in the mornings. Like morning I'll usually routines. yeah morning so routines. They set the tone for your whole day and. My favorite thing to do is just wake up and go for a run and then come home, make coffee and take a shower and just get ready for work. So let's like, say you're, you you got to be on set at, at 8 a.m. What time are you waking up? I would probably wake up, depending on where the location is or where the offices are, I would wake up like a few hours before. Like maybe I would wake up at 6, go for a run, come mm-hmm. home like an hour later, take a shower and then make coffee and drive. It's pretty. It's pretty quick. I'm a. I need three hours to. I, to I think do you're my in the day. minority. Yeah, I think yeah. so too. <laughs> I, I really take my time with stuff. I, uh, I'm, I'm a slow guy person. Oh yeah. No, I'm all over the place. I, I feel like I have ADD sometimes. I'm like bouncing off the walls and constantly distracting myself. Don't we all. So, well, I, once upon a time when I was a you know, naive green office PA or even a set PA. Yeah. I didn't understand why the production office had to be there through the entirety of the shoot, mm. right? Because it's the administrative work, and you would yeah. think, like, there's no way there's 12 or 13 hours of paperwork to That's do per day. Point. Yeah. I, yeah. And, and that was kind of the notion that I had before actually working in the production office. <laughs> so can you just give a little bit of insight on why you guys have to be there and who's there at what times because yeah. there's, there's definitely some stuff there. Oh man, absolutely. So that's actually a very good point because the production office has to be open before call and we're the last ones to leave because whenever, because we have to get the call sheets out at the end of the night to the entire crew so that they know what's happening the next day. And the reason we have to stay so late is because sometimes it takes forever for all the information to get put into the call sheet for the 80s to gather everything and create these call sheets and then it has to go through an approval process with the producers um and that takes a while so throughout the day like there may not be a full like 12 hours of paperwork that we need to do but there's definitely things that we have to wait on so Mm. that makes it difficult and towards the end of the day, right? Like when I was working yeah. in the production office, sometimes you're shooting until one or two in the morning on a Friday night, right? Yeah. So for example, no, if, thank you. Yeah, All it's right. crazy. And not only the call sheets, like once we get the call sheets, like we see what's being shot the next day and there are these things called sides that we have to make. So, mm-hmm. so what are sides? Sides are basically um, the script pages that are being shot the following day. So the PAs have to put together, pull those scenes from the script and compile a little folder and make a bunch of copies for people on set. So there's usually like uh, like 50 giant copies and like 
a hundred little copies, which are called small sides, technical. (laughs) (laughs) And um, the reason that the office stays so late is because it takes forever to physically print those and create those. And that's like one of the biggest things that the production office has to do because if these sides are wrong or incorrect, we will hear about it. (laughs) Well, also you have to wait until the day is over until you actually wrap before you print the side. Exactly, because things change constantly and you never know what's gonna change or stay the same so you can't get ahead of it. Like there's been so many times where we start printing these early and then they wrap and they're like, oh, we're adding a scene or we're removing a scene. So you literally have to redo those entire sides so that it reflects those changes. Jeez. Yeah. It's a lot of administrative work. Yeah. Yeah. And in the mornings. Is this fun for you? Or are you like, are you still, like, the way you're talking about it, you're like, yeah, it's so cathartic and all, but I'm hearing them like, oh my goodness. It is fun. Like, I don't know. It's It's great. Yeah. It's fun. We need people that, we need people that enjoy this in order to (laughs) make the energy, how's the energy in the office at all times? Is it like a dance party type (laughs) of vibe or is it like, oh, I want to bang my head against the wall and. Mostly bang banging your head against the wall but <laughs> we try to make it fun like i i try to like get through my day by listening to music while i'm working and what music what music positive. are you listening to oh man all sorts orville of stuff peck. orville peck i love orville peck you like jack harlow yes you guys were there yesterday right? yeah we, we were. went to the jack harlow <laughs> show last night that's so jack fun harlow. i actually was looking at that i wanted to go yeah, um played two nights yeah he was good yeah, but, but basically I listen to like all sorts of stuff. I like indie, I like alternative, I like rock, I like pop. I just put on my uh, daily mix on Spotify and just let it play. Just let it go for yeah. 12 hours. Yeah. 14 hours. Oh yeah. And then going back to um, what you were saying, Tyler, about like why we need to be there so early is we need to open the production office so mm. that departments, if they need anything, they can call us and just have us be available. Like, so, for example, there are yeah, sometimes... Sorry. No, I'm sorry. No, there are some things that happen on set, like um, like an actor is missing a contract that we didn't put in the set box for the night before. So, like, the 80s, like, call, call us in a panic. They're like, oh, my God, where's this contract? So, like, mm. then we have to be like, oh, um, it might have gotten missed. Let me reprint it for you. So, just so, stuff just, like that, little things that come up that... Might have to put out. Yeah, that and, might need to happen. And so you're saying like you have to open the production office just to be available, and that mm-hmm. got me thinking: is a lot of your job just being available? Is are you doing not maybe that much throughout the day, and sometimes it's just waiting for that fire to put out? Oh no, there's there's always something to yeah, do. Yeah, there's always Go. something to do because there's so many little things, especially on union shows, that need to be done in terms of like. Um, Okay, so like there's a whole bunch of things called production reports, exhibit G's. Basically, all of that stuff is a time card for the entire cast and crew. So, mm-hmm. like, those take up a lot of the day because sometimes, like, departments don't put in their full times and we have to, like, call them and get them and find them. And then we have to send them to accounting. And, like, it's just a lot of boring stuff like that. Oh. And um, not only that, there's just like DGA paperwork, there's certain things that we need to keep track of to send to them, to the studio. It's just like a bunch of little things that you have to do every single day. There's always something to do. What's an instance where 
a mistake in the production office can halt production, can, can set a dead stop saying we cannot shoot until production office does X. Ooh. I'm honestly not sure. I haven't ever experienced something mm-hmm. like that where well, we had to entirely halt production. I think you just I guess jinxed like, his next right? production. <laughs> well, I guess I would say, like, um, maybe not technically the production office, but if a script, if something's being shot the next day and there's nothing written for it, yeah. like, I guess that could fully put a halt on it because we wouldn't have anything to put out for the entire crew to see. So I guess that would be kind of like something that would halt production because mm-hmm. we don't know what we're shooting. You can see that. Hmm. Yeah. I can see that. And so speaking of that, what's uh, the next production you're going to? Okay, so this show is called Little America. When's it start? It starts tomorrow. Whoa. Monday? Yeah. T- next day? Heads yep. up, mailroom. Yep. Little America <laughs> starts tomorrow. Little America. Oh, yeah. Not to be confused with Big America. Yes. I don't know if that's another show. Uh, so keep going. Sorry. No, you're good. So basically, it's an anthology series. Each episode's going to be a different story. It's mm. about immigrants. Um, it's an hour or half hour show. I think it's going to be on Apple, but it's a universal show. And it's filmed all over the world. Like, none of it is shot in LA. So it's all in different countries like Mexico, Italy, Russia. Any big names, acting or directing or writing? Um, not sure yet. Oh. I haven't really seen, seen too much about it. Too much about it yet. Um, once I go in tomorrow, I'll definitely find out. Um, it's just starting up on the second season, so everything is still being gathered. All the information. There's a first season out. There is a first season out. Yeah, I oh. should probably watch it before I <laughs> go, so I can see what it's about. I want to yeah. know where where you see yourself in five years. In five years, I think. I want to hopefully be a production supervisor. So what what does that entail, right? I know Michael and I know his job, but for those of us who don't. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know a lot about it. I don't really know. I just know that it's a step above coordinating and basically they deal with more of the budgets and the um, financial side of it. Um, mm-hmm. And that really interests me because that will help me when I want to line produce. He's mm. a money guy. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure it's more of that. All right, well, let's sign out of here. Um, Thank you, Paul. Thanks for coming on, Paul. This was a lot of, of, uh, you know, production is is something out of my vocabulary. (laughs) It's always very informational when we bring uh, someone on like that. You were super enlightening in order to do my production knowledge. (laughs) I love to hear it. Yeah, no, I hope I was um, able to give some good answers. Like, I know I was kind of vague, but... Well, absolutely, Paul. You are in the lane that you want to be in right now, so we commend you for that, and thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. We're going to thank Ross, who uh, produces this podcast, Steven's brother. brother. Um, Thanks, Ross. Thanks, Ross. And again, we are the mailroom where we interview aspiring entertainment industry professionals. (laughs) And we'll see you next time. See ya. Yeah.